Gennaro Rewind, hosted by Matt Namofsky. Hello, NRL fans, and welcome back to the NRL Rewind podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namofsky. I've got Johnny here today. Johnny, how are you, mate? Very good, sitting still on top of the ladder. <laughs> yeah, oh, one, one and two in the draft comp, sitting here, having a chat. So <laughs> I kind of wanted to really break the Supercoach season up into little quarter so we're at the five round mark i think it's a really good sample size of a particular player's um work um i just want to kind of go through maybe 15 players talking about where they're sitting right now with their average and we might put an over or under of where we think they'll finish at the end of the season have a bit of a chat about that and then the second half of the potty just want to talk about our current draft league our 12-man draft league that we're in our third year now um just want to go through the first two rounds to see how did the draft turn out five rounds in and then we'll talk about some sleepers. So I know this will be a very interesting conversation for a lot of people in our in our draft group. Because looking back, there's some some steals, there's some possible reaches. So it'll be good to talk about. Looking forward to uh, the banter and giving it to some of the boys if they're listening. That's it. All right. So let's let's start with like I said, we're five rounds in now. I think it's a real good sample size for particularly for some players where we've seen some ridiculous numbers come out of the gates. We've seen some really low numbers come out of the gates. So I just wanted to kind of talk about it. Now, just for reference, we are recording on um, Sunday. So it's Sunday the 18th. So we've seen nearly all of the round six games right now. So we can factor that into our discussion because I think um, there's a couple of games that do really shine a light on what we're going to be talking about here today. So let's, we're going to sort by average in the app. So let's talk number one. It's my boy, Ryan Pappenhausen. Current average of 126. That's before, obviously, he got another 90 on Friday night. So obviously, I think 126 is he's not going to do that. But let's talk about 90. Do, does do we see Pappenhausen finishing with an average of 90 throughout the rest of the season? Nom. Jeez. Um, let me just think back to what Tedesco finished last year. Was it around that 90 mark? That he finished last year. Yeah, it was, it was like... right around the. Um, so he finished on a 95 last year. Yeah, yeah. Look, the way Pappenhausen's playing. Um, and with his goal-kicking duties, I don't see why not, honestly. Um, he's pretty much involved in everything. And, you know, when you're kicking for the Melbourne Storm, who's got – he easily, you know, can put 50 nil on, you know, some of the lower teams. You know what you're going to get week in, week out. They're a very consistent football team. I feel like 90 isn't out of the question for uh, your boy, uh, little puppy. Yeah, it- well, like you said, the goal kicking obviously adds an extra element. He's still scoring a bunch of tries with the goal kicking. And Melbourne just looked like they want to put the foot on the throat of these bad teams. You saw it against the Brisbane. Mm. You saw it against, um, it, you know, the, the dogs. that They just, when they get up, they really put it on. So there's going to be chances where yeah. um, he just really comes into his own and can make the 20-point games very, very consistently happen. Because you've got to think, he's currently... Overall, I think he's third overall, just in terms of points. Let's just check that now. But in terms of that, like he's he's one game behind. So yeah, he's he's third right now, 100, uh, 507 overall. And he's only nearly 20 odd behind Brett Morris, and he's played one less game. Yeah. So yeah. um it, it's ridiculous how he's going right now. Um, but yeah, I think you're right. Obviously, he's my captain choices nine times out of ten. <laughs> I think if anyone had like in classic, for example, everyone has him as their as their primary fullback. And because the, the next player we're going to talk about here, um, I think we're going to have a bit of differing opinions because I've really swayed a little bit here. Um, James yeah, Tedesco. Right. 
Um, so he's he's currently averaging his last year's total. He's also averaging a 95. Obviously, on Friday night against the Storm, we saw Roosters with all their injuries come up against a real stiff competition and only got out 40-odd, uh, including a try assist. Mm. So just from a super coach perspective, I'm going to put the, the average here at 80. Do we think Teddy cracks 80 for the rest of the season or do we think just this mounting injury toll, some real key positions that have lost, do we see Teddy falling off that far? Um, I think that's an interesting point. I mean, he's you know, averaging 90, but I guess what you're saying is that he's batting overs at the moment. And I think with this Roosters team at the moment, uh, without you know the uh, dominant halves, Teddy just sort of has to get more into that first receiver role and he's more of a sort of distributor now and less of, you know, what we got last year where, you know, he still had Kiri to, um, you know, give him tricis and all he can just be uh, sniffing up the middle. So I think, yeah, I, I hate to say it, you know, like with, you, you never knock a gun and Teddy's the undisputed um, super coach king. But um, with with the way the Roosters teams have has look, been looking in the past few weeks, that, that you might be onto something there. Yeah, I've really watched it closely on Friday and, you know, Marshke and Walker and Hutchison, there was a lot of times where Teddy was really calling for the ball yeah. um, and just the ball would not get there. And, you know, he'd throw the hands up as they're running the opposite direction. Like, I just feel like the, the players in primary positions to put him in great chances to make his work because he doesn't want to be touching the ball first receiver. He likes to do that, like, you know, second and third tackle, sniffing around the ruck to steal 15 metres. In terms of his actual game playing ability, he much prefers to be the second or third receiver after the hookers put the half back in the right position, even a Radley throwing the ball out the back. And right now, against a against a poor team, you know, he, he may do something. Against the Sharks uh two weeks ago now, he did average a seven yard. That was with a little bit of flurry at the end. But I just I, I struggle to see where the high scores are. And in all the super coach groups on Facebook, you know, the number one rule everyone knows that don't trade out a gun. You know, we're talking from a classic perspective right here, but... Commandment number one. (laughs) Commandment number one, don't trade out a gun. And like you said, the undisputed gun of the last, you know, three, four years, Teddy. But when you look at the other fullbacks on offer right now, and you look at how Teddy's just kind of hemorrhaging price right now, you know, he's going to be playing Origin as well, because, you know, he's still going to be Origin. It's it's a really interesting decision if someone wants to pull the trigger. And because, you know, when you look at the top five trade out each week, Teddy's name is slowly starting to creep into that, you know, that list. Yeah. So I don't begrudge anyone for I'm gonna have to have a real hard think about it. I think I've got some other problems in my team after this week that I need to kind of put out. But if I had a limited trades and you know, I looked at because the Roosters do have a nice draw coming up. I'll say that. So if you're if you're that Teddy owner holding on hope that he's gonna really um turn it on here, there's a real chance that he's gonna do it. But yeah, 80. To finish with 80 for the rest of the season is going to be, I think, a tall order just because, you know, Jake Fred not being there, Luke Keery not being there. So the next couple of rounds, they got the Dragons, the Knights, the Eels, the Cowboys, the Broncos. So it's the next five. So realistically, that Eels game is the, and possibly this Dragons game coming up, um, the Anzac clash. But yeah, I, I, think, I think I'm with you. I'm leaning slightly towards the unders right now. Um, but... Again, it's gonna be so hard for anyone to pull the trigger and trade it, trade him out. Yeah. All right. The next guy I, I want think, to talk. Um, Here you go. Oh uh, no. Um, 
Yeah, I, I feel like just with Teddy, um, I think you summarized it all very well there. It's just there's a bit of unknown to his game right now. You know, with if Teddy plays his natural game, he's a tackle busting, you know, line breaking, try scoring machine. But you know, with him as you know that possibly first receiver, it's yeah, just a bit unknown going forwards. Um, watch and wait here. Yeah, definitely. All right, the next guy I want to talk about is one of my Parramatta boys who's just come out of the gates absolutely flying. It's Reed Marnie, the hooker. So he's averaging at 87 right now, and he just turned up again last night against the Raiders. So that average is going up. He's just the, he's got to be the, the surprise packet. This there's always one hooker every year that comes out and really guns it. Everyone thought it was Jaden Braley this year, but you know Braley's kind of timid a little bit, uh, and Reed Marnie's just going off. I guess my over under here, look, you know, he's it's a there's a lot of base in there, but there's also some attacking sacks. So let's just put it at 80. Let's just say, does he finish at 80 for the rest of the season? So he's only got to drop another seven points. By the way, he's flying right now. I think there's a real shot. Yeah, there is a shot. I mean, you know, I know coming into this season, you're quite critical of Reed Money. You were doubting whether he was at sort of 80 minute um, hooker, especially, you know, with a uh, Will Smith coming in. Um, but look, it looks like he he has tweaked up his game. He does have a bit of that attacking stat now. He's got a bit of that uh, playmaking or just like kicking out of dummy half. Um, he, oh, a score of 80. Um, yeah, look, we have a sample size of five, the way he's going, quite quite possibly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it's just, like, you know, he's making a lot, he's leading the tackle count, I think, in the NRL was one or two. You know, he's getting those really nice short ball assists over the line. He's just playing some great footy. And you're right. My, my concern wasn't, I've always said Reed's a really nice player, but mm. has he got the the ability and the stamina to play an 80 week in, week out? I still think, you know, I'd love to see him get a rest, um, you know, against a poor team where, you know, um, you even during that origin period, he's got a shoulder load if a couple of players are out. But the way he's going right now, he's an out and out gun in classic uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had to make the decision between bringing in Jaden Braley or Reed Marnie. I ended up going Braley just because he was about 100k cheaper. But looking back now, kind of wish I just pulled the trigger and left uh, and put Reed in because he's just flying right now. And anyone who's got him, you know, from a draft perspective or classic, you're cheering because it's just out and out points right now. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, when it comes to Reed Marnie or Jaden Braley, it really comes to whether you think para or the Knights will finish high in the ladder. And I'm an I'm a Knights boy, but um, Para aside from you know that that one loss um, in round four, they're they're looking they're looking good, you know, to bounce back against the Raiders in Canberra. It's a it's no easy task. Yeah, you're absolutely right there. All right, the next boy I want to talk about is another one of my boys, just recently acquired, and he's an absolute roller coaster this year. It's big score, low score, big score, low score. It's Damian Cook from the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, your boy from last year. He's currently yeah. averaging a 67 right now. He only just punched yeah. out about a 70 or a 72 last night. So he's still right around that 78 mark right now. Yeah. Now, you know, one of the out and out guns at hooker the last couple of seasons, you know, a perennial top three pick the last couple of years. I think right now that 78, that 68 is unders right now. But the way they're playing, they don't really utilize his running game. So I'm going to put the over under at 70. I'm just going to say, an extra two points a game, but he's going to average that for the rest of the season. Do we go overs or unders there? With any of these Rabbitohs players, um, you look at sort of Wayne Bennett and how his team sort of goes throughout the 
the years, the seasons, he he seems to have his team humming at the right time. Yeah, around that. Uh, so I feel like with the rabbits, there's still a lot of improvement to go, and I'm fairly confident that he can, you know, he can find his groove and get back to you know, utilizing his running game at the best. Because you know, with these new rule changes, everyone thought you know it's got Damien Cook written all over, all over it. Yeah, just there's there's so many cha- like now that I've got him in my team the last two weeks, I've kind of been really watching the rabbits closely compared to the last couple of weeks and. There's a lot of room for around Tommy Half still, and he doesn't take it. Mm. It's always yeah. just hit that lead forward, get the 15 meters, quick play the ball, pass it out to Reynolds on last. Like, you know, the, for the the added, the Damien Cook from a couple of years ago would have just jumped at the opportunity to take some of those runs and steal those meters. And it's not like it's there. And I don't know whether that's Wayne Bennett's um, theory or what it is, but yeah, to me, it's um, it's crazy that he's um, kind of fallen away. His running game's fallen away that much. You know, even the game last night, he was going to be under 100 as a captain for me, but, you know, got that sneaky try assist and linebacker assist right at the end to pump his score over a 70. But to me, you know, I, I you know, gave up a fair bit. You know, I gave up um, <laughs> Dylan Brown, who looks like a base stack gun in the in the halves. I gave up a Charlie Staines, who, yeah, rocks and diamonds. Uh, and Jacob Little, who's obviously, for some for whatever reason, got on Magic Maguire's bad books. But to me... You know, it's the experience of having Damien Cook in your team. There's going to be, I think, the one thing I I can say about Damien Cook, he's not captain material anymore, even against a good matchup. Like you know, I I was reading somewhere where the the Tigers were giving up the most points to hookers this year. So that was my theory about putting the C on Cook. But you know, even in a really nice game where the matchup looks really nice, um, it wasn't there for him. So I think the one thing I've kind of learned here is he's not going to be a, anyone's captain for the rest of the season. I don't think anyone can really trust the captaincy on him. Um, but, you know, if you've got him, you know, there's going to be weeks where he's going to crack a ton. In the weeks, he'll, cra- he'll just get you a 50. Now, whether you're happy with a 50 at that price range, if you're playing classic or if you've given a third round, a third overall pick in a draft, I guess that's up to the person to decide that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I found that out the hard way last season with Damon Cook. It's, there is quite a gap between his, his, floor and his ceiling and um you know with with those playing um you know captaincy leagues you can't really afford you know to get to just settle on a 50 really you need to really be looking at a consistent 70 or even 80 well yeah since we since we've started our comp which is this is the third year the first year i was number one i took cook last year you were number one you took cook and this year he went third and i think next year when we and you know the last two seasons the average, the, the floor was a 70. Like, you know, he would get, at least get that. But then it started creeping, you know, towards the back end of the season. You saw those 40s and 50s come into the game. It's going to be really interesting. Like, if we had a redraft, we're going to talk about our draft at the end of the pod. But when you look back at it now, that third pick, there's some players that you'd really want to take in that third pick over, over a cook. And to me, next season, you know, there's a new coach. So that possible change of playing style. But if someone pick, takes Damian Cook in the top five, I think they're going to have a real battle on their hands to really justify that to themselves with what you've seen this year. So obviously I'm the cook owner, so I'm hoping it turns around, but it's going to be really interesting to see what happens there. The next two guys want to lump together because they're both averaging a 66 as of last week's game, but this week one has absolutely tunned up and gone over. One has just gone under the ton off the bench. It's Caelan Ponga and Harry Grant. So... 
Kalen Ponga this week against the Sharks, a 166 game in his second game back, coming off a flu, absolutely ridiculous. Harry Grant off the bench, a 95, including a try, just all had his fingerprints all over the game. So I'm going to put the, the average of these guys over an 85. So Kalen Ponga's going to be well over. He's going to be about 116 right now as of uh, like next week. And Harry Grant will be right around that 75, 77 mark. So 80. I guess Harry Grant's going to come back into that starting side. Ponga's going to be there all season, being that general playmaker at fullback. We're going overs or unders for Ponga and Harry Grant. With Harry Grant, um, I dare say he's probably the premier hooker in, in the game. He's, you know, he's just just watching him play. He, he's, he's just got uh, so much spark about him. You know, he's just sniffing around. He just creates something from nothing. And with Kalen Ponga, um, I know the Knights have a fairly um, easy draw in, like, I'm talking about the whole season. And I feel like, you know, if the Knights can get a roll on, he's definitely, you know, you, we saw in this round five game against the Sharks, Kalen uh, Ponga, he's got his DNA all over it. Yeah, I'm going overs on both of these guys. To me, Kalen yeah. Ponga, if anyone is going to hit the hit the switch for Teddy and trade him out, I think it's very logical to go straight to Kalen. His break even is going to be really low, so he's going to make money, even though he's already pretty high-priced. Like you said, they've got a decent-ish draw. He does play Origin, but same as Teddy, so you can kind of balance that out yourself. So I think Kalen is, you know, Pappenhausen will be the first fullback in everyone's team. It's not going to surprise me if a lot of people's second fullback is going to be Kalen coming up soon. Um, in terms of Harry Grant, I wish I had three trades this week in Classic. I've got a <laughs> – looks like I might have to move on Takiyaho. I've still got Ricky on my on my bench, so I want to move those two out. But if I had my third one, I would go a little to Grant in a heartbeat. Yeah. To me, Harry Grant's going to be that guy. And like you said, it's exciting to watch him. I love when him and Brandon Smith are both on the field at the same time. I want to have Brandon Smith re-sign as the 13 for Melbourne. And you have Pappy, Hughes, Munster, Grant, Smith as your 1-13 to 13 there. Like, love it. So I think there's they've both got huge attacking stats in them. Obviously, Kalen's got the goal kicking that will help him. Um, but yeah, to me... They're two out and out guns. I think, yeah, definitely going to be over the 80 at the end of the season. Harry Grant, you know, if he comes off the bench or, you know, plays 65-minute games, that could bring him down just under the 80. But to me, I think they're just both out and out guns. Try and get him in your leagues. You know, if you have to pay overs, try it because I just think they're absolutely fantastic players and they're going to do a job for you. Oh, it's uh, it's just unfair. And the fact that they're both Queenslanders as well, I could... Oh, I can just see Harry Grant just ripping New South Wales to shred over the next decade. 100%. The next guy I want to talk about, a little bit lesser known, his first season, but to me, he's really intriguing. It's Josh Schuster from the Mealy Seagulls. So he's a 5'8 only right now, but in uh, Classic, it looks like he's going to get his, his dual position in the next couple of weeks, so he'll be a 5'8 second row. He's averaging a 61 right now. He just scored. He just uh, got an assist on the weekend, so he got an 88 against the Titans. So that's going to go up again. He's one of these bottom dollar cheapers that everyone traded in a couple of weeks, and he's just been making 100k every week. So to me, I think he's he's found a permanent place on that edge. I think even when Curtis Aaron is back, he'll take the other second row spot. I think this is Josh Schuster's spot for the rest of the season. Um, now again, he's not going to light the world on fire, but he's just one of those guys. If you have him, he may. He was probably on the waivers for a while. The guy who 
owns him, probably already has a 5'8", so he may be sitting on a bench. So I'm going to say he's an average. He'll stay over the 60 mark, so he's going to maintain his average now. And I think he's an out now, especially if he gets his uh, duel in Classic. You've got to pick him up. Um, now, depending on where you've, where you, if you haven't got him already, the price may already be starting to blow out on you. But what's your thoughts on Josh Schuster? Because he, to me, is just one of those sleeper guys that everyone um, was kind of looking at going, is this real? Is this real? And he's just gone out and over. Yeah, with Josh Schuster, um, I would have loved to have him on my draft side, but unfortunately, I already have uh, Jerome Lua. Yeah. Uh, with Schuster, he's... Yeah, to be honest, I, I did really doubt whether you know he was going to be a, a second rower for Manly. Because you know, I know that he he's he's a going to be he's a great five eighth, but yeah, to have him on the um, on the second row, he's really made it uh, a position. He really made that position his own, and you know, with uh, with Turbo coming back, um, I was we were all wondering whether one man can make a difference, and it looks like one man can make a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, having Turbo, he just lifts everyone else's game in this manly side, and uh, yeah, they can definitely make a charge with towards the top eight and which Schuster on that parking himself on that edge. It's I think he can definitely maintain this. 100%. And so right now he's uh 353,000 in classic. Uh, he's already gone up 150,000 since the start of the season. His break even was a 19. So he's only up by at least about another 40, 50 K this week. So he's just a guy who's going to get your stats. And because he's in that second row, he's getting a lot of base. So you can play him as one of your reserves. Like to me, in classic, it's a it's a no brainer if you, if you're lucky enough to pick him up. You know, before that price rise, then you're you're absolutely cheering because you're just making your coin. And in our draft side, Anthony picked him up, and what an option! You know, five eight is very hit and miss this year. But if you have a guy who just punches out base in the halves, oh, you're winning there. So yeah. yeah, to me, it's 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 a, it's a win. I think he's a, he will, will average around that um, around that sixty mark, and it's a, it's a really nice pickup if anyone had him there. All right, so the next guy I want to talk about, we'll do a couple more here because there's a couple of interesting ones now where you just kind of look at it and say, okay, they're too low. I think something's wrong here. So let's go Cam Murray next from the Rabbitohs. So right now he's averaging a 56. He did get over the stripe for his first try last night against the Tigers. But playing less minutes this year, he is still playing through the middle, which is good. He hasn't moved to, the, to an edge like everyone thought he would. But even through the middle, it just hasn't got that same punch. What are you seeing from Cam Murray? I want to put his average... At 65, I think he can bounce up a little bit more. But where, where, where do you see it's going wrong for Cam Murray in terms of a super coach output? Yeah, Cam Murray, it's, it's a funny one, isn't it? I, I feel like with last season as well, I think the guy that picked up Cam Murray reached fairly early. And, you know, he, he he's just not that um, set and forget sort of captaincy option that you thought you were getting, you know, with the Rabideau's lock. You think you're getting all these attacking stats and all this... Um, solid base and he's yeah to to have it at 56 at the moment i mean realistically you think that is quite low but yeah i don't know with with how um with likes like damien cook and um cameron murray i i like to think that you know towards the end of the season he he will warm up like i said wayne bennett he seems to have his team humming towards the end um but i think he might just reached that 65 mark. Yeah. And again, everyone's thoughts before the season for the output was going to be, you know, on an edge, he's not going to get any ball and it's all going to be, you know, his base is going to go. We haven't seen that. Jai Arrow's been coming off the bench playing through the middle. 
uh, Mark Nichols, you know, has come through the middle. There hasn't been really a guy to push him to an edge, but even in his, you know, 60 to 70 minutes, he's just not getting through the work that everyone thought, or he's not getting the attacking stats. You know, he's not flicking that little loft load or crashing over it on a block play. So, you know, if I'm the Cam Murray owner, there were some good signs. He obviously got over the stripe last night, but it, do you try and sell high on the reputation? Do you try and say, you know, Cam Murray, you know, he's a he's a super coach beast. You know, he, he's a chance to really crack on here because, you know, it, it is a low average for, for what he is. So I mm-hmm. um, just want to quickly check one more thing with Cam Murray. So his average draft position was uh, 28 overall. So if you picked him 28 overall and he's giving you about a 50-odd compared to some guys off the waivers like a Papa Lee who we'll talk about soon, oh. like it's just night and day. So if I'm the camera and I'm probably trying to sell high right now, because even if he does get to a 65, if you've drafted him 28 overall, you're not getting your, your uh, investment on return there, return on investment. So you've got to try and do something there to change up your season. Yeah, that, that's what it is, I guess. It's the name factor. You know, he's the origin lock. He's the lock of the future. Um, but yeah, super coach-wise, he, he just isn't uh, quite producing at, at that, you know, 28th rank position. No, definitely not. Oh, we've got three more here. Daly Cherry Evans from the Manly Seagulls. Currently averaging <laughs> 52. Now, I thought that Turbo would make a difference. Obviously, he did. That's being said, all those tries that they scored against the Titans, mm. Cherry Evans only got about a 30 or no assists for Cherry Evans. So to me, I think the over-under I want to put on him is a 60. I think he can go up and crack that 60 mark. But you're going to get these games where even if they do score seven tries, they've got another dominant half on the other side of the field in Kieran Foran. So it's not going to have to all be Cherry Evans. He's got no goal kicking to help him up. So you're just hoping that he can you know, throw a couple of balls to Turbo or throw a couple of balls out the back. So what do you think about Cherry Evans? Yeah, Cherry Evans. I mean, he's supposed to be, you know, the the second best um, super coach halfback in the game, but you compare him with someone like Nathan Cleary, it's almost uh, night and day. The gap is just, it, it, it's cr- it's crazy. Uh, with Cherry Evans, uh, again, with a 52, that, that is fairly low. You'd think that, you know, with a Manly team um, who is, Picking up the the season after the past two wins against the Warriors and now the um, help me out here. Who did they uh, uh, knock over on the weekend? Uh, the Titans. They smashed the Titans. The Titans. Yeah, w- w- who were in good form. Um, you you'd think and hope that uh, that would go back up to you know at least over sixty. Yeah, agreed. He's one of those players that he's very very much a, a confidence player. DCE. Mm. When the team is rolling, you know, he's always mouthing off and he's, you know, hands up in the air, slapping the boys. So, you know, ha- having Turbo back, like we said, we it's such a huge difference. And there was an age-old question of, you know, can one player come in and make that much of a difference? Look at all the holes on this roster. You know, we talked about it. We had a little uh, trade special that we're going to be we're going to be sending out soon. And, you know, one of my big trades was trying to get merely some more talent because you just look at their, besides their one to six at the top of their roster, it is a very weak roster, but you know, when Turbo comes back, all of a sudden guys like Ruben Garrick and Brad Parker just look like beasts. Josh Schuster's coming to his own. So it's going to be interesting. And Ch- Daly Turbans should benefit from this. So if you've got him in your league and if someone tries to sniff around and try and p- purchase him, which I may have done to Chris a couple of times this season, I think you just hold firm. You say no, 
Because if Turbo's there, you know, DC should be, like you said, the second best halfback in Supercoach. He's just got that game about him where he's just going to yeah. produce points. All right. The second last guy on the list, Kyle Flanagan from the Bulldogs. So one of my preseason predictions that I had written down that I didn't say out loud, so can't, I can't verify it now. I can't replay it at the end of the season. I did have a bet with one of the, one of the boys, Chris Roach in our comp, that Kyle Flanagan would not average a 40. And he's like, you're crazy. He averaged a 60-plus last year. He's going to be the lead playmaker. He's going to be the goal kicker. And I said, my words were, Jack Cogger, I think, averaged a 41 last year for the Dogs. I said, uh, Kyle Flanagan wouldn't beat Jack Cogger. Um, right now, Kyle Flanagan is averaging a 42. Now, they've had a very tough stretch to start the season, some tough opposition. They're still gelling into their into their attacking formations. I don't think he's an average under a 40. I'll put his average at a 52. So he's going to go up about 10 points here. We're going over, yeah. under on Kyle Flanagan. Yeah, this this dog side. Um, uh, yeah, he, he, he's not looking... That the attack isn't looking the goods. And, um, you know, you, you think about in Supercoach, someone like Corey Allen, who, you know, dual fullback, sets away, you think they would go good as well. But uh, with this dog side, it's they're looking like, you know, bottom, a bottom four team, just the way they've been playing and the way they've been attacking. And, um, yeah, it's not looking good. I, I feel like, yeah, he's definitely going to be, I reckon, under that 50 mark, actually. Yeah. Yeah, it's when, when I think Jake Avrilo coming into his own here will help him out. I think if there's another player on the other side of the field who can take some pressure off him, he's just one of those guys when all the defenses know he's the primary playmaker, let's push up and put some pressure on. You know, it's one of those guys where he's still very, very young. So he's going to be, it's such a difference coming in from that, um, from that Cronulla side when he started playing. At the start of his career, he was really established. They had really established stars there, and he could just jump on the back. He went to the Roosters, really established stars. He jumped on the back, and now you're saying basically in your third season, be our leader. It's very tough. So you know, I still have a lot of hope for Kyle Flanagan. I think he's still me. I think in two or three years he'll be a super coach gun. But right now, I think he'll go under that fifty. I think he won't be around that forty mark. I think he's gonna be right around that 44, 44 to forty seven mark. He was nestled in there for the rest of the season. And I think, yeah, if, if you're the owner, if you went high on Kyle Flanagan, there's a chance you might need to start doing a bit of spruiking around to say he's a jewel, he's a goal kicker, try and get something. But, you know, like I said, it was a tough draw. He'll come into his own. Maybe end of the season, he might start firing. So it's one of those ones. He's really low right now. What's his? What could you get for him? Probably not as much as you want for what you drafted for him. Um, so, and again, in classic, real good potential end of the season. If he keeps falling in price and you can slot him in as your your second 5'8 or something, there's some options there. So, want one to watch out for. Yeah. Um, I, I think, yeah, coming into a new team, there's a lot of pressure on him being the primary uh, playmaker. Uh, it, 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 he just needs a bit of time, really, to you know get that um, combinations going because this this sort of bulldogs side is just looking like uh, like sort of patched together with bits and pieces of Corey Allen, um, Carl Flanagan, and you know they're bringing in um, the forwards. It's it's just a bit of patchy in terms of yeah the the whole team at the moment. 
Definitely. And the last one, we won't spend too much time on it. It's my halfback, Mitch Moses from Parramatta Eels. Right now he's averaging a 39. Obviously, it's way under. He's going to crack. I just want to ask you, what, what do you, if you had to put a number, I think he's going to bounce right back up to Raw's at 50, 58, you know, somewhere in that mid-50s. Because right now, obviously, he hasn't played, you know, he had, he had one game where he had the HIA, so he didn't play half a game. He's versus Storm already. They got smashed by the Dragons. They couldn't get any attacking stats in that game. I think it's only going to go up. What do you think? Yeah, I think with Mitchell Moses, um, yeah, definitely. I reckon I'd, I'd pin him around that 60 mark. He's a goal kicker. He's in a good team with Parramatta. You know, they're a top six side. Um, yeah, with, with, uh, with the attack, it will definitely come from Mitchell Moses. And... Um, yeah, I don't think I have anything more to say. He'll he'll definitely um, yeah hit hit that around sixty mark. Thirty nine is just yeah way unders for him. Yeah, and if again, if you're the guy who doesn't have um, Moses and you're looking for a half, now yeah. is the time. Go and attack that Mitch Moses owner and say, "What can I give you? Look at his average. He's shit. Let me try and help you out here." But if you're the Mitch Moses, owner, you're just sitting tight right now and going, "He's gonna come good." So yeah. That, that, that's how I think we'll close out that part. Now the fun. Now the bands, Johnny. So obviously you and me are one and two in our draft comp. Looks undefeated. like I'm going to be picked this week for my first loss. Looks <laughs> like you're going to be the undefeated man again for two years in a row. Uh, so I want to look back. You know, we're five rounds in now. Like I said, every five rounds, I want to do this with you. I just want to kind of go through the 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 super coach outlook you know we'll do some overs unders we'll see how some players are tracking but i want to i want to re-go through our draft now the exercise here is not if we redrafted today i just want to look back at the where the player got picked look at what they've done and let's give a bit of a grade here okay. so we, can go, we can go a b c d f you know yeah. we'll, <laughs> we'll keep, keep it like a report card sure um so I guess let's just go through now. We'll factor in injuries in that team. We'll factor in, you know, the position, the competition they've played, but we'll just very quickly go through the top. We'll go through the top two rounds. We'll give a bit of a grade. Everyone can kind of see how our draft went compared to their draft. And then we'll talk about some steals at the end. So let's start number one. Ryan had uh, the number one pick. No brainer. He went James Tedesco. Yeah. I'm still giving it an A. Even though Luke Keery got injured, Jake Friend retired, all these things, he picked a gun, you got a gun. Now, we talk about he's probably not going to average what you thought he would give you, but on the night, he did the right thing. You took you took Tedesco. Yeah, and- yeah. yeah on the night, definitely. Um, he's a no-brainer. You know, you got the guy whose ceiling is 200-plus. Um, but knowing what we know now, yeah. do you feel like Tedesco would go go first? Look, if we did a redraw today, I don't think Teddy goes like top three. Realistically, I think Oof. there's too many players in positions right now where you know your Pappies, um, your Clearies, you know your Pongers. There's just obviously looking back right now, it's nothing to do with Teddy's form; it's the Roosters' form. So I think you're right. Yeah. I think yeah. right now, if you had to grade it now after the season, probably yeah. a B. Because we know yeah, what we know, I agree. Uh, yeah. but yeah, I think on the night you couldn't, you can't fault what he did. Um, yeah. So that I think that's that's a good one for number one. Number two was you. You and Nathan Cleary. I think on the night it's an A. Right now it's an A. Oh. Uh, 
it's a safe got, kick. Yeah, it's, it's the best half back. He's a goal kicker. He's in the best attack, one of the best attacking sides in the comp. There's not too much to say. You know, he's he's probably turned into the the out and out true gun. You know, you can slap the seal on him most weeks and the floors are 70. Uh and the ceiling is, you know, a, a ton, at least a ton. So I think I think you went well there. Anything else for Cleary? Uh, no, I mean, you know, with this Panthers team, I've got, I'm trying to buy as many stocks into this Panthers team at the moment. And we talked about, you know, just a few minutes ago about the difference between the top Nathan Cleary versus, you know, Daily Charity. I mean, that's probably an average of what, 20 points you're giving up there. Mm. And we know really deep 12 man league. Um, yeah, that, that could be a difference in most weeks. Yeah. And I think anyone who plays draft and is in like one of those 10 to 12 man leagues, the importance of getting the draft right is one thing, but then I think adjusting when your draft doesn't go well, getting your waivers and your trades in is really important those first two weeks to set you back up because you can have a very, very poor draft, but you can fix it within a couple of weeks and, and ride your ship. So as we'll see, there's going to be some players here, including my own. I've got, I've got a situation, you know, I've nailed one, one, not so much. So we'll keep going here. Damien Cook was next. He was number three with Pat. Now, he was the undisputed hooker coming in, you know, like we said, he was the top pick last two years. So on the night, I'm still giving it an A. I think he did the right thing. I think there was a lot of uncertainty. At this stage, we drafted before the trials. So that's a big note. So we didn't know if Munster or Pappenhausen was kicking. So that was a big note from a Melbourne side. And you just look at the rest of the, you know, Ponga was out for four weeks. Haas was out for four weeks. I think he went safe. I think you have to give him an A on the night. Uh, I, I disagree, actually. I okay. think on the night, I, I thought Cook at third, that I was reaching. You know, I could have thought of, I was big on Harry Grant. Yep. I was big on Karen Monster. I was big on, um, I was big on, sorry, I don't know, my mind, like, who's the 5'8 for um, the Rabbits? Cody. Uh, Cody Walker. Yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, I, was, I, I thought any one of those would, would get picked up before Damien Cook. Uh, maybe that's because I was a Damien Cook owner of the previous mm. year and he's burnt me a few games. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I give Patrick a B for the night. Knowing right what now, we know now, oh, I dare say a C. To, to factor in his grade, he traded. He traded him to he me. Trade. So yeah. it could be one of those things where he's like, Cook isn't performing for me. I need, I've got some holes in my roster and I traded. So I think when we factor in the, the, the grade for right now, you've got to factor in if they've moved him on. And what they yeah. got back, and, yeah. you know, he had he lo- he lost Luke Curry, who was his second pick, mm-hmm. and he filled it in with Dylan Brown, who was my who was my third. So I think he did an okay job. I'll give him a I would give him a B right now for how it's panned out, just because he was able to think on his feet, and within a month he flipped the asset to get some assets back. Yeah, yeah. So um, you throw Dylan Brown into you know the way Paris playing, um, yeah, he could be anything with that base. And like you said, you want Panther stock. Charlie, he's going to give you a 15, but he'll give you an 80. And on some weeks, that 80 will get you the win. So I think, yeah, I think it's a, it, it was definitely the swing position, a lot of drafts, that number three pick of what people were going to do. And we saw yeah. that it did hurt some people. So yeah. like I said, if you were able to move off it, you moved off it. And if you still got him, you know, hopefully you can, you can ride it out. The next one was when the draft started to get really interesting. So Jason had number four. And he said, you know, he was going to pick one of the one of the Melbourne boys. It was either Grant, Pappy, or Munster. Again, we didn't know goal kicking at this stage. He went Munster. Now, anyone who listened to my preseason podcast, I thought he was Dalian Player of the Year. 
Yeah. I thought he was going to be out and out gun. So an A on the night. I thought 100% going to work. No worries. Looking back at it right now, hasn't really had that huge game. So I'd give him a B right now. Uh, okay. Just because there's still potential in that Melbourne side and he's a gun. Yeah, he's an out out and out gun. Um, you know, with Cameron Smith moving on, you feel like it's Cameron Munster's team to steer around. But uh, looks like his fullback has actually taken taken up that uh, that mantle there of steering the uh, ship around. Yeah, and Munster's just got a lot of base in him. He's really yeah. started to take the line on. He's very good with his tackling. So he's only give you a base. He's always got a floor about him. So he's never going to be one of those captains that gives you a shit floor. Uh, but he's still got the ability in there to. Um, to turn up because, you know, he's just one of those guys that will do the job for you. So, again, there was some other options there looking back now, but I still think it's a solid pick at uh, number four there. Now we get crazy. So Chris <laughs> Roach is up next. He takes Angus Crichton, number five overall. Now, Angus Crichton before the season, and probably still is now depending on who you ask, is still that out-and-out gun at... Um, at number at the second row position, on the night, I had to give him a C, just because oh, I think there, there, was too, there was too many other players there. Looking at the grade now, I guess the, the thing is he's got a he's got an absolute captaincy option every week. But again, no Luke Keery in that team, no Jake Friend. There's a lot. I'll, I'll have to give him a C. Looking back Agreed. now, I on think the draft yeah. and right now, you look back. There were just too many other. You had your Pongas. So right now, as they said, you saw Ponga, you had Grant, you had Pappy, you had Cody, you had Turbo, you had all these different options there. So I, I, I love my boy. He's going to listen to this and he's going to message me straight away as soon as he listens, but it's got to be a C. <laughs> yeah, sorry, mate. Uh, I have to agree with um, Matty Matt there. I'd definitely give Angus Crichton a C for being fifth overall. Um, you know, I know that Chris is very big on his second, second row forward. But I feel like you need to get your spine sorted, mate. Yeah. Um, yeah. With with a number five pick, I would not be going for you know, a second row forward, unfortunately. And the really good thing about this, I'm going to document this. So as we go and when we look <laughs> back again in round 10, we might see Angus as a C right now. Then all of a sudden he punches out five in words. row and he's an yeah. A. So we'll keep yeah. a track of this because uh, I ain't keen to see for the rest of the season how we, <laughs> how we rank this. But um, the next guy on the list, was another second row. It was a huge shock. But looking back now, he's a gun. It's Dave Fafita. So Andrew Andrew was number six. Surprised us all with Dave Fafita. On the night, I said, ridiculous. It's a <laughs> it's a C. But looking back now, it's got to be an A. He's averaging over 100. Even in, a, even in a loss last night, and, you know, they got smashed by 36, he still got a 70 on his yeah. board. No attacking stats. He got one line break in a 70. So I think it's got to be an A. For me, I think on the night, again, it was probably a C for picking up a second row forward on the sixth pick. At the moment, I reckon a B. I'll give it a B. I still feel like, you know, with Supercoach, it's a fullbacks game. Mm. Um, I would have definitely picked up, you know, a Ponga, uh, a Pappenhausen, or even, you know, a, um, a Five Ape or, or Hooker. I, I'm definitely just, yeah, I like sorting out my spine before I think about anything else. Yeah, that's just agree. me personally. Well, look, I, I went for Fido as my captaincy option this week in Classic. Uh, I was coming 180th overall, so I was like, you know, I had the vice captaincy on Cleary, who got a 250 as captain. I thought Fafita could beat that, so I left it on Fafita. 
<laughs> he got a 150, so it looks like I'm going to drop down the rankings quite a bit. Uh, but, yeah. you know, he, he's still, you know, even in a losing side, I saw the score, I'm like, oh, what did he get? He still got a 140 as captain. So I guess he's always we'll another. So, yeah, I think it's it's still a solid pick, and I think it has the potential to get a lot better throughout the season. So Stephen was up next. And now I'm thinking as I'm sitting at 10 going, there's no chance that like, you know, I've got, there's four picks ahead of me, three picks ahead of me now. The last three guns are going. So I'm going to have to, you know, pick one of these ones. He goes Ponga here. Now at the time, obviously he was out for, everyone thought it was going to be about two, three to four weeks. So right about where it was. I thought for the position where he is, everyone said if there was no injury, Ponga's at least the third pick in the draft. Yeah. So I, gave, yeah. I gave it a B on the night. You know, I thought... You're gonna you're gonna sacrifice yourself for the first four weeks, but then you're getting a gun. What's your thoughts? Um, to be honest, if I was Stephen and I saw Kevin Ponga slip to seven, I'd give that an A. Really, yep. you know, um, I'm very strong on you know picking up fullbacks or anyone from the spine early. And look, no one wins a premiership in in March. I feel like I was happy to you know take those three or four weeks at the time because I know that Kevin Ponga he's Got to be averaging around that 80 mark. And when you look at it now, it's an A. He's come back, he's yep. got a 66, and he's got 166. So yeah. it's it could be one of the steals of the draft when we look back at it. Yeah. Um, yeah, Stevens, you know, he his thought was for those first four weeks, I just got to steal a couple of victories when I can, and I'm going to have a gun team when I come back in. Exactly. And it's looking exactly like it is. So well done there. Next was Chris Dung. Well, he's a no time here. Uh, Premier. Went Harry Grant. <laughs> yeah. Now again, just because obviously at the time he didn't, he hadn't torn his meniscus. So on the night, I thought it was an A. He was able to get yeah. a player that Agreed. that av- av- that could have averaged or beat Damian Cook's score. Yeah. Uh, looking back now, yes, again missed the first couple of weeks, but he's come back in, got a sixty-six and a ninety-five. It's an A. Definitely, yeah. It's Harry a- Grant, he's an A. He's an out and out gun. Uh, yeah, probably, yeah, the best hooker in the game right now. 100%. So when you look yeah. at it now, we're now at number nine. I'm one pick away. I'm going, don't do it, don't do it. Anthony goes off center. And on the night, I thought it was crazy. Looking back now, we'll talk about it now, he went Zach Lomax number nine. So on the night, I'm still in shock because Pappenhausen's still there. So I'm cheering. <laughs> so on the night, I was saying, it's a D. You've got to go D here because... There's just even Cody Walker still on the board, Turbo still on the board. Yeah. When you look at it now, I, I can't give it more than a B. I can't give it more than a B, but just for the for the interesting trade ship, it's a center fullback. He's got very good base about him. It looks like this Dragons team is actually going to be decently good this year. So I would go a B, slightly to probably towards a C, actually. I'd probably go a C. Just because. The next guy who got picked. Uh, um, sorry, Anthony. I'm going to give you an F because uh, you left Ryan Pappenhausen and Cody Walker on the board there. Um, and I don't think Zach Lomax is getting above Ryan Pappenhausen or Cody Walker. So now it's still probably an F. I I can't, uh, I can't, yeah, really come into his defense with Pappy and you know, Cody Walker still on the board. Just taking just taking out who was left on the board in terms of the player low max. Yeah. You no know, yeah. good base, goal kicker, good team. But again, you're right. It's it's one of those <laughs> ones where if you look at the next couple of picks and you say, 
what can I get in a trade to get to offload this guy? The the value yeah. and difference between, and I think that's what in a, in a draft comp, what I've kind of now being the third year in now, and I've done a couple more this year. If you're unsure of who to pick at a certain position, I just lean in a lot of my drafts to who has the most value, who will I be able to flip in a piece? Like if I wanted to do a three for one to get an out and now gun, who's a nice player to pull in here to offer it, offer in a trade. So I think that's where you got to go. If you're, if you're lean on the fence, you know, you, do you go the base? Do you go the upside? Sometimes you're looking to go, who's the name value. I can just flip in a piece here. So again, I'm next. Not to, not pat myself on the back. It's an A and an A. Pappenhausen was there at 10. I wasted no time. Even without the goal kicking, which I thought Munster was going to be the goal kicker at that stage. He, you know, I thought 80 was still possible. An average of 80. He's obviously got the goal kicking. It looks like he's, like you said, he's taken on the mantle of, you know, finishing a lot of the plays and getting them started around the ruck. It's an A and an A. You know, if, if anyone was lucky like me to get Pappy four past, you know, even pick number four in their, in their draft comp, they're sitting in a very, very nice position where they got an out-and-out gun, a captain. You know, what else can you say? Yeah, I'm going to jerk you off here. That This has got to be the pick of the round. To pick up Ryan Pappenhausen, 10th. Um, can't, can't really say anything else, really. Uh, he's, he's super coach-wise, he's probably overtaken Tedesco as, you know, the uh, reigning um, king, king of fullbacks here. And, yeah. Just to pick up Ryan Pappenhausen, 10th. Uh, you've done very well, mate. Well Look, done. My hands were sweating after about pick five. <laughs> I was like, you know, I had a couple of options. Ponga went, Grant went. I'm like, you know, I've got Pappy, you know. It's going to be amazing. I got him. So, you know, happy days. Happy days. All right. Two more in the first round. David had number 11. He went Ryan Madison. Went the base over the attacking flair. At the time... He was gonna be my he was gonna be my pick at ten if Pappy was gone, so I was gonna give it an A. You know, no. in, in the years of Parramatta, just absolute gun sitting on that edge. A lot of base about him can pull an attacking stat as well. Looking back now, unfortunately, the concussion issues. Um, you know, as of this week, I just traded for I Madison in the comp, so I gave up David Northaluma and Satili Tupanua for Maddo. David did solo uh, just because of the injury risk. And, you know, he was named again for the fourth round in a row. He's been pulled again. So right now I have to, I have to give it an NA. I can't, I can't give it a grade just because we haven't seen him. It's, he, he a played one game, yeah. you know, it, it was against, it was a weird game against the, the Broncos where they switched his side and, you know, it still looked good about him, but gets injured in the first half of the next game. We don't see him again. Don't know when he's going to yeah. come back. So right now, I think if you're anyone who picked Madison in a draft league, just wait and see. You know, you can sell, you can sell them like David did. Get some pieces that are going to help you right now. If you're in a position like that in the draft where you need that, you need those instant stats. If you're a guy who you know sitting high, like you'll be in a ladder, and you want to take the punt on Mado, does this turn into a Boyd Cordner, or does this turn into he's back next week and he's gunning it? It's just it's really inconclusive yeah. right now. Yeah, agreed. Look on the night, Ryan Madison. He, he's a out and out gun. Couldn't really fault his pick. Um, now, yeah, it's it's just such a shame. You know, he he realistically he should be what Isaiah Papali is to Parramatta. He should be the one yeah, on that left edge, just pretty much yeah, tutting up. Um, yeah, but it's just really unfortunate with all his uh, concussion issues. And yeah, hopefully he just gets back and yeah, just picks back right up where he left off. Definitely. 
Last one in the first round, Edward had the snake, so he had the turn. He went Cody Walker. I gave it an A on the night. I thought if you're getting Cody and he's upside yeah. on the A turn, out and yeah. out. How it's gone, look, I thought the Rabbits, you know, they're still getting some victories, but I thought they'd be a lot more dominant than what they are now. Right now, I still give it an A. I would have loved yeah. to increase that to be better. Um, but from where you got him in the draft, I think, you know, at, at that stage, now you're talking about some players. And we're going to talk about this. To me, this second round in our draft is murderer's row, whether it's injury, suspension, poor performances. When we go through it now, it's just murderer's row. So you needed to nail your first pick. And I think he got a keeper there. So give him an A and you move on there yeah. and try and hopefully he turns the corner and starts tutting up a little bit. Agreed. I mean, when you talk about um, ceilings with Cody Walker, he got 203 in um, the last round last year. He's, yeah, this, he, he, he can literally, like you could have a really shit week. And then if you throw the C on Cody Walker, he could give you 400 plus as captain. And yeah, I can't really fault that move. No, definitely. So we'll, we'll kind of speed around this second round, but just we'll, we'll quickly just make points on all of them. So Edward obviously, again, had the snake, so he had Walker. Went straight into Turbo. Love the pick. Love the pick on the yeah. night. You know, everyone was everyone was scared to take Turbo. I thought about it at 10. There was guys at 3, 5. Everywhere was thinking about Turbo. Now, obviously, got injured after this because at this stage, he was fit, don't forget. The hamstring strain did not happen. So we thought Turbo was starting round one. He obviously gets injured. He comes back yesterday. Tons up in 65 minutes of footy. Looked a beast. So it's an A. From where you got him, you got to go A. Yeah. A and we'll move on. There was definitely no rust in the turbo jet. He is yeah, picking up exactly where he left off. Well, not so much from round 19 last year, but you know, <laughs> before he all his hamstring issues, he's just yeah, tutting up. Definitely. Next guy. Uh, David, when Dylan Edwards bought into the Panthers side, which I didn't mind. I didn't mind the play. Yeah. On the night, I gave him a B just because, okay, you're getting a fullback, but you need to shore up your spine. There was a couple of other fullbacks there, but you went for the best attacking side that you thought, so I like the mindset. Yeah. Right now, obviously, he's injured, but he was playing really well and getting very nice scores. So I'll still give it a B. Yeah, um, yeah probably a B for me, but um, knowing what we know now, I mean, unfortunately, you know, he's very injury prone, but I'm very big on Dylan Edwards whenever he's fit. And, you know, you put him into his Panthers outfit, it could, I could definitely see him averaging, you know, 70 plus this season. Yeah. If definitely. he's fit. Next was me. Uh, I went <laughs> Tom Alolo. Now, on the night, I actually gave myself a C. Yeah, right. I, I, I thought I panicked. I, I kind of was well, a couple of different options that I was thinking about and I couldn't really nail it at the time. So I just went name factor. It was that thing again, how I talked about, if you don't know where you're going to go, just go name factor that you can trade on. Yeah. So wasn't really happy with my pick. Um, when I look back at the end of my draft, it was my, definitely my glaring hole where I kind of should, I just wish I went Luai there, which I was oh. soon. Um, right now, if you have to give it a grade, I think again, you have to give it a matter of NA. He's played one game of footy. It was a game where the coach kind of did him dirty just to, you know, get his players on board to say, look what I can do to your best player. Uh, and he's broken his hand twice since. Yeah. So, 
look, if you if you had to give it a grade, obviously it's a death. Uh, but to me, I just think it's inconclusive right now. I want to see Lolo play at least two games in my team yeah. before I make a decision. Yeah, very low sample size at the moment. I think as we speak, he's averaging 30 of the season. Um, yeah, you really got to see what his output is going to be. You know, how many minutes is he going to get? Um, yeah, too many unknowns to say. Yeah. Next, Anthony again went a bit off center. He went Jazz Tavanga in uh, in the second round. Now, to me, Anthony, I love you, mate. It's an F. At the, at the time, oh. <laughs> right now, he did get a couple of trade pieces. Uh, he was able to flip him and get a couple of pieces. So I'll, I'll bump it up to a D just because you were able to flip the asset and not, you know, make that collateral mistake. Um, but again, there were some players on the board there. Um, it's a missed opportunity, I think. And when you look at Anthony's team right now, he's actually rounded it. It was one of those ones where I said, your draft may not go the way you want to go, but if you use the waivers and trades really well, you can round out your team. He's done that. It's it's definitely better than on the draft night. So, you know, it's, it's getting there. But, yeah, he's missed two opportunities there in the first round. Yeah, Anthony, mate, I'm not going to give you two Fs. I'm going to give you a D on this one again. Um, just a bungo. Everyone knows he's a, a PPM you know, beast. But um, there's just so many unknowns with this uh, Warriors um, you know, forward pack. You don't know how many minutes he's going to get. Um, and, yeah. There was a lot left on the board at this point. Um, picking up Jazz round, yeah, 16th overall. It's just yeah. a lot of unknowns. Next, uh, his brother Chris went up and picked DC. On the night, I gave it an A. I thought you get you get you get the second best halfback, like we said. Yeah. Uh, again, Turbo was fit, so I had Manly in my eight. Now, again, after last night, does Manly want to run here? Does my top eight look, prediction look all right? I don't know, but I thought it was an A. Looking back at the pick now, you look at the players I picked right after him and what he needed. He had Hooker already short up. He wanted to get the spine. I still give, I give it a B. And, and I'm, I was tempted to give it an A. I'll give it a B just because, like we said, his performances haven't been really up to scratch to where we thought a DCE would be, but still a great pick to me. You know, he, he did the right thing. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think I'd give it a B overall. Um, you know, I, I'm still really big on fullbacks if possible, you know, if, at Supercoach, if there's any fullbacks on, on board, but, um, yeah, picking up second best halfback in, in Supercoach, can't really say any more about that. We'll talk about this fullback in a bit because maybe there was a, maybe he was smart and there was a thinking behind where he went there, but next on the list, Stephen, who went Ponga, he was already out. He doubled down, paid Haas. Mm. He was also suspended for four rounds on the night. Again, Payne Haas is our top six pick if he's fit every other year. It's an A. Looking back now, he's been in uh, two games where they've been, you know, his first two games back have been against Melbourne and the Panthers. He's averaged 60 plus in both in losing sides. It's an A. He's got a keeper. He's got a base stack god. It's an A. Stephen Stephen nailed the draft in the first two rounds. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, he played the long game here. He's picked up two players that won't play for the first few rounds, but we know Payne Haas. He, he can probably definitely um, you know, be in that top 10, top 20, 20 sort of uh, overall at the end of the season. Yeah. Definitely, yep. All right, so then Andrew was up, who went for feeder in the first round, double down on the time, so when AJ Brimson. Now, again, 
another guy I was thinking about if I did, if I didn't get Pappy, I was actually thinking about AJ at ten. I was really high on the Titans this yeah. year. I was high on AJ, so on the night I gave it an eight. Yeah. Looking back now, he hasn't clicked on at all. He's around that fifty mile. I'll probably give him. Oh, look, I'll give him a B just because I think the upside's still there, but I could lean towards a C really with some of the some of the fullbacks that are about to go off the board right now. Yep, agreed. Um, AJ, the way he finished last season, you know, the Tigers went on a turn. They, you're coming in 2021, 20, really big on, on um, you know, their new signings. But with AJ looking at him at the moment, he hasn't quite lived up to that expectation. But as we said, um, yeah, there still could be potentially a lot of upsides for, for this time. So. Yep. We'll bring you through the last couple. So Chris Roach is up next. He picks Api Corusau. Um, you know, to me, I thought it was a two hooker race. I think the, the first two tier was Grant and Cook. I thought Appy was on his on his own on his second tier. Um, look, I didn't mind the pick there. I thought it was a little bit high for Appy just because we have a slight injury risk plus you know Tyron May on the bench. I gave it a B on the night. And again, it's another NA. He got injured after the first game, broke his broke his wrist. It's an NA. It's a, it's, a, it's in that Panthers side. I think if anyone needs a hooker in our comp, they should go and call Chris right now and say, "What do you want?" Um, but yeah, I think B on the night, NA overall. What do you what's your thoughts? Yeah, I can't really come on Appy. Um, you know, if you can put him into this Panthers side fully fit, he could you know definitely be you know 70, 70 plus. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, with all the attacking stats he he can give. Um, but yeah, unfortunately, can't release on the night. I'd reckon I'd give it a, a B. Yeah, a hooker, it is a very, um, well, going into the season, we thought it'd be a very shallow sort of uh, position. So I can't really knock him for getting a uh, second-tier hooker there. Next up was Jason, when Clint Gutherson loved it on the night. I gave it an A. You know, he already had his 5'8 shorn up. He went again to the spine. And the way Gutho's playing, it's an A. He, he did he did the right thing. He took a fullback, a gun fullback, and yep. it paid off. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. Clint Gutherson, everyone knows. He he just tends to yeah, come off the preseason and he always just dominates the first 10 rounds on every season. He's just such a supremely fit athlete. Um, and I I remember last year, I think he he was coming off like a 70 plus, maybe even 80 plus average of first 10 rounds because he just always comes out the season firing and um, yeah, it looks like that's the case again this year. He's just doing gutho things, really. Yep. Pat was up next after picking Damien Cook, went again to the Rabbitohs, picked the next best fullback in Latrell Mitchell. Mm. It's an A and an A. Same thing as gutho. You know, you, you, you short up one of your key positions. You went in there. We saw Latrell before his injury last season really cracked on a fullback. We saw Corey Allen did in that fullback spot. You Now you put a fit Latrell in there and he's firing. So... A great result there for Pat. Yeah. Next, yep. was... can't really say anything more. Um, Latrell Mitchell, yeah, gone yep. fullback. Um, you know, there were some questions last season about you know how he'd be in uh, in fullback because I know that you picked him up last year. Yeah. But um, yeah, there's no real worries about that anymore. He's just doing a lot of Latrell Mitchell things, and in this um, bunny side when they're firing, he's front and center of that. Definitely. Second last pick of the second round, it was you. You went, you again doubled down, a lot of doubling down in, with the teams this this year. You went Luai. Yeah. Uh, yep. AA again, the, the <laughs> back of the second half, the back of this second round. Guys just 
either shoring up the spine, picking good teams to double up on. It's it's a winning formula. So yep. again, Luai, got two guys in that Panther side that you love. They're they're both firing, which is ridiculous. Normally, in one one side is more dominant than the other. These guys are sharing the ball around. They're playing with each other. So again, this is why you're undefeated. Your first two picks, you've knocked it out. So uh, appreciate that you. joke off, mate. I'll, I'll jerk you um, off. Mate. Yeah, to be honest, I was shitting bricks at this point of of the draft because all the good fullbacks have been taken. Um, I didn't need a fullback at this. Right, because you know Ryan was going to be next, and he already had Teddy. Yep. So my thinking here is that I needed to get another spine player before I get another a fullback, and yeah, that's why I went with Jerome Loi. I thought it was going to be a risk because I was tossing up between Jerome Loi and um, and Dylan Brown actually, because yep. I think Dylan Brown had a bigger base than Jerome Loi, and but yeah, the way he played for that Panther side last year, especially towards the later rounds, I. Yeah, I just couldn't look past um, doubling down on, on this Panthers spine. Yeah, that's it. And the last pick of the second round, it was uh, Ryan. So obviously he had James Nesco overall. Went, went to the spine, went to a good team, went Adam Reynolds. On the night, again, it's an A. You've got the third best hardback in the comp. Looking back yep. now, you know, he's, he's he hasn't really had monster scores, but he's still the goalkeeper in his rabbit side. It's an A. It's a good pick. Yeah. You're short up. And looking back now, when you look at our first two rounds overall, a lot of a lot of wins in our draft. There hasn't there wasn't too many left field picks. I think everyone did a really good job for the most part. I think everyone could be pretty looking back. I think a lot of players looking back pretty happy with their with their draft. What do you think? Yeah, I think so. I think you know all the top fullbacks, halfbacks. Five eights are pretty much gone after this uh, first two rounds, and as it is with the twelve man league, it started getting very shallow after this point. <laughs> yeah. All right. Now, before we wrap up, I just want to kind of go through uh, some draft steals. So these are guys that um, throughout the draft they were dropping when they got picked. It was you know oh they they fell that far or oh that's early. When you look back now, tremendous pick. So I've, I've given one each. Um, so you first, you got Connor Watson around nine, a very nice pick. Jewel yep. Hooker five eight is you know, base he's basing out like crazy, playing in the 13. Great pick, great pick at number nine. Yeah, there was a lot of unknowns about Connor Watson. You know, he's coming off an Achilles injury. You know, that's that's not an injury that's um easy comeback for, especially for such an explosive player like Connor Watson. Um, but yeah, knowing his history, yeah, coming off the bench and all those murmurs about him starting at lock. That's a no-brainer. So I was up next. Uh, I got Satili Tupanua round 11, so oh. double-digit rounds, and he was part of my piece to trade for Ryan Madison. So, you know, he's just one of those guys that coming in, probably had a ceiling on him because Boyd Cordner was maybe coming back mid-season, but I thought it was a nice pick. He got me some good scores. Uh, so I enjoyed the pick there with Satili. Yeah. No, great, great pick there. Um, I actually remembered you picking Satili, and I reckon I fucked up because I had a chance to pick up Satili before you. And um, yeah, uh, when you picked Satili, I was yeah spewing, absolutely spewing. Yep. One of the one of the steals of the draft, Andrew coming in with Reed Marnie at round six. Um, just yeah, we talked about it. He's averaging nearly a ninety. You got him around six. Gun, 
Gun, gun, gun. Round yeah. six, you've got to be happy. Yeah, out and out, gun. Um, yeah, again, with Reed Money, you didn't know what you were gonna, whether you were going to get that complete 80-minute hooker performance from him or not, but looking back now, he's the top hooker in the game, so yeah, yeah. can't really knock that. Brian came in with Daniel Saifidi, one of the fallen props of the comp, round seven. Mm. A nice pick to shore up your front row. Yep, definitely. Um, Saifidi, he's just taken his game from strength to strength, and especially with that captaincy role at the Knights now, he's uh, yeah, really stepping up and massive motor. Yep. Jason with one of the steals, Jaden Braley, round 10. Oh, this was going to be who I thought was one of the late picks of this draft, um, Jaden Braley, he he was doing really good uh, before he got injured two games in. Yep. Um, but yeah, I think with with such a low sample, he was he was just slipped out of the radar for a lot of people, and um, he's just come back firing and all those attacking stats as well for the night. He's um he's on that read money sort of level of, of um hooker at the moment. Yeah, he just yeah those two guys getting them round six and round uh, ten yeah. again. Damian Cook went third overall, and he's not he's not beating those averages. So it just shows you every year there's one position where just some surprise and it looks like Cooker is this year. Yeah, one of the absolute steals of the draft. Chris Dawn comes in with uh, Will Kennedy round fifteen. Oh, bloody hell! Um, yeah, Will Kennedy. Um, yeah, a lot of people because for last year, yeah, Will Kennedy, he was sort of in and out of that fullback spot, but he's really made it his own, hasn't it? In this twenty twenty one. Yeah, without um, Sean Johnson, and they needed a, they needed to fill in a fullback, and everyone thought, including me, that they were their attack was to be dead until Sean Johnson got back. Will Kennedy's been a spark, and to me, it's gonna be so interesting what the Sharks do when all four of them are fit, because I just think Will Kennedy's playing at a level you can't you can't bench him right now. So, yeah, yeah. yeah absolute steal. Um, I want to come in with two of my own. Okay. Um, I I'm looking at round seven. Now, I, I've actually just discovered this. Isaiah Papali'i was picked up by Jason. Yep. And then, wait, and then, at, and then got waived. Round seven. And then he dropped him. Yep. And then Papali'i then got picked up by Andrew um, in the waivers yeah. after round one. I think like that is <laughs> that is both the steal and then I guess the flop of yeah of this whole draft. It's it's one of those ones where if Madison never gets injured, we never see this version of Papali'i. Uh, yeah. So it's obviously a, a couple of events that have turned from a first round pick getting injured to a 17th round pick becoming the steal of a draft. So yeah. it, it happens in funny ways. You know, when when Jason dropped uh, probably E, you know, Madison was healthy. There was no issue. Yeah. So no one bad night. You're never to know. So, you know, yeah. when it looks on paper, you're going, oh, that's a ridiculous pick. But, <laughs> you know, I, I commend Andrew for having the foresight uh, to just hold probably on the bench because now if Madison turns into a 10 week out, he's got an absolute gun for 10 weeks. And it's all about in super coach in draft comps. It's all about runs going on little win streaks, piling yeah, up yeah. the wins. So then if you have a couple of poor stretches, you've already banked your wins. So he's doing the right yeah. thing there by stealing a player like that late on in the draft. Do you have another one? Um. I'm going to give myself a little bit of a joke off here, but picking up uh, Jermaine Asako, actually, oh, quite I late in the draft. Yeah. Um, you know, no one really wanted to touch the Broncos players, um, but Asako, I, I had him last year as well, and 
when the Broncos were on and that first few rounds, he was he was doing really well. He's the goal kicker. He's a fullback. He can slow that center wing. And uh, yeah, I feel like he he was a very good uh, benchy right there. Yeah, what, one of my um, thoughts in the preseason was I thought Tessie New would get the fullback spot over Asako. Yeah. Looking back now, obviously, Tessie New's not even in the starting 17. Asako's firing, so great pick by you there. The next one, another round 17 pick that looks fantastic. Ed picked up Moborowski in round 17. Oh. A starting Panther centre, um, uh, in the 17th round, last round. So. That's the last pick overall, yeah. Last pick overall. 204. Great pick. So, got to give him a pat there. Steven came in with BMOs in round six. Everyone was kind of oh. scared to touch BMOs and look at him. He's, top, He's top 40 top. years old. How much does he have left in his legs? But, yeah, he proved us all wrong there. Yep. Pat came in with round seven, Mitch Barnett, one of our boys, our favourite. Oh. Steel. He was my he was my fantasy super coach, classic darling before the season in the forwards. I said... Everyone needs to jump on him. I've still got him, and he turned up again this week. And I'll be trying every week to trade him for Pat. And what a steal in round seven. Great pick. I was fucking spewing. I picked up Josh Mansour right before Mitch Barnett <laughs> got picked. And um, this is something I, I still think sort of keeps me up at night every now and then, knowing that I had Mitch Barnett and I picked up Josh Mansour before him. Well, again, I had Lolo second round, and I, I thought Barnett would be a gun I, on my little draft mock-up. You know, I had him, you know, where I had him. Realistically, if you like a player, just bloody take him because to me, it's just, that's going to haunt me. I picked Lolo. I should have just gone with my gun and said, Barnett's a gun, take Barnett. Yeah. So, Pat, yeah. you've done very well. You made two guys very upset. Yeah. Uh, I, I, um, <laughs> yeah, because he was a nice boy, I was hoping that he had just slipped one more round, but... Yeah, unfortunately, Barnett got picked up, which I am yeah, very much spilling. Yeah, three more here. So Chris Roach, you talk about his love of second rowers. He got Tohu Harris in round six. Just another base that God, he's going to do the, do the thing for you. You know, if you want to put the captaincy, you get 130 every week. Why not do that? Um, but yeah, that's a nice pick by Chris in round six. Very good, yeah. Uh, Ant came in with Luke Brooks in round 15. No one wanted to touch Luke Brooks. Uh, there's a lot of guys who reach from the halfback. Me in round six for Mitch Pierce. Let's not talk about that. Uh, but if he just waited like he did and got Luke Brooks round 15, no. For the way the Tigers are playing, Luke Brooks still averaging over 50. He's looking good. So that's a that's a nice pick there. Yeah, especially for a, a position like halfback. Um, yeah, Brooksy, he, he's still a bit of a hit and miss, I reckon, for me. But... Um, yeah, he, he is a quality player when when he wants to be. Yeah, j- just for where you got him, uh, I think you can't really yeah. fault the. It's very low in the draft to get someone like that, so you've got to yeah. you've got to take that. And the last one, it's uh, our boy Dave. You know, he's obviously struggling. He's still waiting for his first Super Coach win, um, but he did get a bit of a, a good one in the rough. He got Jordan Rapan around twelve. And with the way yeah. center, the way center wing's been this year, it's a nice pick. It is um, Jordan Rapana there. He's um, you know coming into last season, he didn't have much of a preseason. He thought he was going to be playing Japanese rugby, um, but he was a gun center wing the season prior, and it looks like he's yeah got that what twenty nineteen form again. Um, now that he's had a full preseason preseason under his belt. Um, 
And yeah, he's he's definitely there to uh, finish all the tries on that left there. Yep, that's it. And that's our draft recap. I think it's like you said, it was a good it was a good draft. You know, we had all the boys over. Um, so, some some weird ones, some good picks, some steals. And I think you know, looking back um, at the five round mark, we're seeing at the top of the table. Hopefully, we can kick it on. Yeah, we have some of the other boys on to come on and. Um, Dispute some of their. They want to challenge us to some of the some of our rankings there, some of our <laughs> grades. Um, but it's it's just you know, like I said, this is our third year in the comp. This is your second year in our comp. It's just a lot of fun to have the boys, and I think everyone who does play draft obviously plays with their mates, and you know, one of the funnest things you can do, I reckon. Like oh. if you just got a bunch of mates. It's honestly draft is one of a kind. Dead set, the best format of Super Coach by far. I um yeah, I, I it's. Just having you know a unique team that you can you can bring up and versus uh, other mates and just have betters going off pretty much every weekend the group chat um yeah it's good fun you should all get onto it yeah and all, all the guys who play classic you know try draft if you haven't tried draft just get a couple of mates get draft you know I play both I love both um but yeah draft is always going to be um where, where the heart lies so that's it for today guys that's our little super coach check in we'll do this every five rounds uh. So 10, 15, 20, and then obviously the last round. Um, so, Johnny, thanks for coming on, mate. It's been real fun. All right. Looking forward to uh, speaking to you in round 10. Hopefully, we're still seeing pretty at the top. That's it. All right. Thanks for listening, guys. Um, please go to the socials at the NRL Rewind, Facebook and Instagram. Shoot us a message. Uh, until then, guys, thanks for listening. Have a great day and hear from you soon. Cheers.